I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. At the beginning of the season, would you think that BYU would be 2-4? and four? Rivals? has arrived. All right, welcome to Rivals. Scott Mitchell, Jason Buck here. That's the question, Jason. They're six games into the season, halfway through, and with the front-end loaded schedule as it is, with four Power 5 teams in the month of September and October or August, would you have thought that uh, BYU and then, of course, having Toledo and having the University of South Florida, would you have thought that BYU uh, would be where they are today? I, was, I, mean, I thought it was certainly a possibility how front-loaded that was because they easily, going into the year, you went, man, these guys could be 0-4 going through those first four tough games, but they had a really nice split you know, to go 2-2 two and two and come out of that was in you know, decent shape. You know, the big surprise is obviously losing to both Toledo and um, Southern Florida. I, you know, going into Toledo, I'm like, hey, do not overlook Toledo. They are a good program right now in the MAC conference, right? I mean, they're playing up there towards the top of the MAC conference, fighting for the championship, and uh, you know, going to Toledo is going to be tough, and it. And it turned out to be that way. So, do you, do you wonder if if kind of playing Power Five schools? So you play Utah the first game of the year, and it's the first game. You know who can who? But you have you have two pick sixes. I mean, not one, but two. Two in the pack. Right? Pa- can't do it. But in the Pac-12 right now, there is only one team that's had an interception return for a touchdown. It's Utah. They have three. So it's not like you know, yeah, it's not like it it happens all the time. So then you go and you play Tennessee and you win. And then you come home and you play USC and you win that. Now the quarterback throws three interceptions, but still you beat USC, right? right? And so you yeah. think – you so you – and then you play Washington and you go, you know, okay, we got beat by Washington. You're, you know, you're probably going to lose to one or two, whatever. So now you're two and two and you feel like you're kind of on par with power five teams. And then you go play Toledo and – and re- the reality is, is that's probably where you're on par with is that kind of talent or that type of a mid-major program. And, yeah, that's what they got to face right now. And and so so you, like you're saying, you 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 can't take Toledo lightly. You can't take South Florida lightly, but you lightly. But you have to wonder if BYU and I don't want to say got too big for their britches, or maybe there's not a realistic. Um, evaluation of where you are and I just wonder if playing those tougher schools gives you an inflated sense of your self-worth perhaps it's part of it I don't think BRU's done a done a good job of owning who they are and where they're at right now and I you know assessing the the overall talent of the program it's that that old saying of trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and I don't think they've maximized the the talent 
and built their program well around the talent they have. I don't think they have terrible talent. I think they have different kind of talent. And, you know, you don't go out there with a different kind of talent and just run the same offense, one back, you know, spread type offense that everybody else in the United States runs with the same type of athletes. You just, I think BYU needs to be a, you know, two back offense and running rub routes and, you know, scraping people off and not using, you know, speed routes, right? That they can't run as well as other schools. But a lot of power running and two back offense. I mean, defense, they got to have a big 40 front and run great zone coverages behind it and keep everything underneath. I just don't, I don't think they maximize what they have. They have a lot of other issues that hurt them and handicap them. But I think they could certainly have had themselves in a better position right now, even with the talent they have and the injuries they have. So there, there's a philosophy because I, I think I think the biggest concern is probably on defense. And there's a yes, there's, absolutely. And there's a philosophy of keep everything in front of you, make teams execute 10, 12 play drives to score. And the thought and the theory behind it is they'll mess up. They won't be able right. to have that kind of execution where the quarterback drops back and throws the ball and the and the quarterback's not pressured and the receiver runs the right route and he's not covered and the quarterback actually delivers the ball on time in the right location. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in the execution right. of offensive plays. And the theory, and this is a Tony Dungy theory, he's just saying, look, folks, most teams cannot just have that perfect execution consistently throughout a game. They may get a drive on you, but they're right. not they're not gonna get they're not gonna get six, seven, eight drives in a game and just kill you. So so force them to make uh every drive count and make them earn every point that they get. And yep, absolutely. And, and that's that's kind of a, a Kyle Whittingham philosophy and that's a Kalani Sataki philosophy, but I don't know that we're seeing that Execute. We're not seeing it at BYU. I mean, that's my philosophy at BYU, right? I mean, I'm going to make them earn every play. I'm going to keep them underneath me. We got zone type DBs overall. You might get a locked up man guy once in a while, but you can't. And you recruit for that. You try to get the best speed you can, but you're not going to get a whole defensive backfield of that, right? Right. And and so you've got to play great zone strategies. At BYU, with great run support, keep everything underneath you, make them do a 20-play drive, right? And just, and they're, they're going to make mistakes, and you'll be really sound on the run. But their design, they might have that strategy, but their design is not that strategy. I mean, the, other than the USC game where they dropped three, I dropped eight and rushed three with the worst pass rush I've ever seen, and USC was so stupid that game that right. they never made one adjustment. It was unbelievable. They could not adjust to that. And you and you have a freshman quarterback who's not really played very much, and so he hadn't seen right. that before. And uh, yeah, couldn't check down out of it, you know, and run like they should have against that weak bubble that BYU left there all game long. That our, our defensive line play, honestly, is my my biggest disappointment at BYU's defense right now. Do, do they have the players though? Um. Couple of them, a couple of them, I really like. I don't think it's all their fault. I think it's a lot of the strategy and the design and what they're asked to do. So, but the the overall build of the D line, 
I think is in recruitment of the D line is way off overall. Um, they do not recruit like Tom Ramage did for 30 years. They do not. We do not have the overall quality and edge players and quick athleticism that we should have on that. And BYU could put out NFL D linemen all the time, and they're not doing it, right? I mean, they have a, they have some couple studs in there, but their overall build out of their defensive line is way off. And then what they're asking them to do in my opinion, is does not take advantage of the defensive line, athleticism, and play edge play that they could have and be much more aggressive and much more production out of the D-line, which is should be a traditional strength of BYU, right? And I don't think we're playing to that strength. So BYU's two and four. Yeah. They need to get to six wins to be bowl eligible. Uh-huh. Is, is that possible? So you have Boise State... <laughs> Utah State, you have Liberty, UMass, Idaho State, and San Diego State. So you got six Brother, games. You got to win four of them. Yeah. Can you win four games? It, it it'll be by the skin of their chinny chin chin right now. They're in as bad a position as they could possibly be in at the moment. All right. So if They're, if BYU goes six and six, they get bowl eligible. Are you? Uh, is this a winning season for BYU? Are you feeling good about where things are at BYU if this happens? No, not at all. It's because you you know you slide in Idaho State, Liberty, and UMass to get yourself bowl eligible. I mean that's that's really what it comes down to. You're if you're if you're losing to the upper you know middle class of the MAC, Northern Illinois last year, Toledo this year, and and you're losing to, let's say you go two and three against the Mountain West. Well, one and three, I mean. Well, let's see, that'd be, we got Boise State, Utah State, and... Uh, San Diego State. San Diego State. So if you win one out of those, so one and two against the Mountain West, that is not a winning season for me. You've, you've had a losing record against the Mountain West. You've had a losing record against the MAC and uh, the AAC. And that's, that's just... That's as bad as it can get, in my opinion. It's you, you can't be in that position, and and you know I think it's a combination of things. It's not on all Kalani's head. Well, well let's talk about let's talk about that in the second segment. Yeah. Okay. So it's we, really independence has killed them. Yeah. We're gonna take a break, and we, we come back. Well, what what should change then if this is a bad year? And is right. This, is this right. Just, How can we fix this? Is this yeah. is this just gonna continue? All right, we'll be back. Because they beat Boise State and Utah State, right? In tough shape of going down to our third-string quarterback. And you got two really good teams the next two weeks that you got to face. Better than Southern Florida. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll talk about it when we come back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, folks, welcome back to Rivals. Scott Mitchell, Jason Buck. 
BYU is two and four. And are you happy about that? And is that the way they should be, considering the front-end Power 5-loaded schedule they had? Really, who is BYU today? Because, Jason, it was an interesting insight, I thought, you talked about how how these teams have fared against different conferences or, or I guess, um, football realms. And they they went two and two against Power Five schools, so they were five hundred. Max schools or the Mid American Conference, they're and you're you're including last year, so you're take you you know they lost to Toledo and I, I guess kind of South Florida maybe is what an AAC team and yeah AAC um, and then now they haven't played the Mountain West, so they what if what if they went three and zero against the Mountain West? Would you consider? Oh. That that would save their season if they went three and zero against the Mountain West. If they beat Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State, that would and then they won their three you know patty cake games they have in there. That's right. That's six more wins. Here, here, that would be that that would be a, a, a save their season absolutely. Right. Here, here's what um, uh, I'm curious about. And I think a lot of people, maybe the frustration is, so Kalani comes his first year, he's like nine and four. They, everyone feels like it's an amazing season. Then you, the season after that, it's four and nine. Right, all the wheels came off. It was ugly, whatever it was. Yeah. And it was a terrible season. It was awful. It was, it was not good. And then he makes some drastic changes in the coaches and, Maybe culturally, maybe how you know who knows what what actually goes on, and then and then you get into okay now we've we've got uh, we've got it fixed right. We, people feel like it's it's gone in a different direction. You know they're all excited about what what things are going to look like, and they 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 have a decent year last year. They feel like they found yeah. their quarterback. They really get on a run the second half of the season. And so you feel like you're never going to go back to that dreaded second year. Well, now, right. now, now they're there. So what is it? Is it is it a lack of depth and injuries? Because because I just don't see every other school losing their starting quarterback and losing their running backs, and it just seems like it happens at BYU consistently year after year after year. Yeah, and I wonder if it. You know, I don't know what it is, or is it Kalani? And what if you know? Should he be fired? I guess is the the question. Boy, there's a lot more problems. I would say this: it's not all Kalani. Do I agree with everything Kalani does? No, I don't. Um, I'm very thankful that he's there and made it an atmosphere that the alumni and the BYU families welcome there again. You know, unlike Bronco, that part is wonderful. You know, to love Kalani in that way, and and it's we're all there again. But I disagree with him on quite a few of the fundamental, you know, football approaches he's done. But he can't he can't take all the heat because I think independence in the direction Tom Homo's taking him is killing him. I think that's one of the big reasons Bronco Mendenhall left. He's a smart guy. He saw the writing on the wall. After he left, he came out and said, you know, quoted. Quoting Bronco, one of the few times I'll agree with him, and he said, "You know, independence is unsustainable at BYU." 
So he made the move to get out. And it's, you know, Neil Montalolo from Navy wasn't going to take this job. And uh, it's a tough place to be, man. It's, it is. It hurts your recruiting. It's tough to recruit in independence. And it's proven by the slide, right? Utah State is a classic example of a dud program when they're independent. Got into the Mountain West finally and then risen, risen, risen in the Mountain West. We go independent and we slide, slide, slide. And now we're losing to Northern Illinois, Toledo. We've lost to Utah State two years in a row. We've got to win this one this year to you know, have a chance to save our season. We can't lose to Utah State three years in a row. But you can take it and just lay them side by side. And Utah State's a great example to lay us side by side with. They went from independence to the conference. We went from conference to independence. And look where the program is slid. So you don't get the same as many of the athletes that you do as in a conference. I think you lose that battle a lot most of the time. We have the church card we get to pull and that influence, which, you know, keeps us alive. But we lose athletes because we're not in a conference. There's no question. And Kalani could recruit better. They could build a better, you know, front seven at, at, on the D-line, you know, at, at different types of athletes. And they could build a better offense around the type of athletes we have. You know, they, could, they can do things to fix the program and make it more competitive. But they've got to get back in a conference, brother, because they're – they're, they're in tough shape, and it's not all on Kalani's. He's got a tough job. to. It makes his job, t- job harder, in other words, to be in the situation they're in. So it's not all his fault, but he could be better. But how are you, how are you better if you just it, – it, it, there's no depth there. I mean, they're no, real, it's really no, – it's, it's kind of smoke and mirrors with the talent yeah. they have. And, they're, and, they're, and I think they're getting the maximum effort they possibly can out of the players that they have. I really do. I don't. I don't sense that these players are not trying very hard. They're just. It, it, it's. I think it's a lack of motivation. I really from from, I and I think it's from everyone. And I and I think it's and I don't think I don't think they realize that they're even not motivated. Because what's right. there, what's there to right. be motivated for? Exactly. I mean, there, you. you you're motivated to be bowl eligible, and and as yeah, a, every a, game as a football player, fun. you as a football player, you you're looking to win the championship. You're looking yeah. to win your conference. You're looking to win your yeah. division. You're looking to win the Super Bowl. You're looking to win. Uh, you, you know, no one. It's it's a disappointing year to you when you don't win your conference. Yeah, and if you don't every ever... game is life or death, right? Every right. game, it doesn't matter how bad the conference team you're playing, you can't stub your toe on them. It's a life or death game. And now, independent, I'm like, every independent game is like a boxing exhibition. Match. It doesn't matter, yeah. Right, nothing's on the line. No. Nothing's on the line for that team, nothing's on the line for your team. You go out and play hard, and hey, it's a great experience. We got to play Tennessee, yay, yay. But it has nothing to do with your season, other than you got to win it, you want to win it. But it, like I said, it's, these are like glorified exhibition games. So this goes back to something I've said for years. For years, you have to own independence. You that, may, you, you that may, if you're stuck in that hole, you, you got to own it. You may not agree with it, you may not like it, but you got to own it. You have to own it. And and when you when you don't own it, you just I think this is what you get. There's no. There's no, there's no vision. There's no, there's no, there's nothing to kind of 
the North Star. You, you know, where is your yeah. where's your reference point? And yeah. there isn't one. And that, yeah, that, the, the only kind of reference point they had is if they could have beat Washington, and they're coming out of Washington three and one, they could be going, and they're going to go, man, we go eleven and one, we're going to a bigger bowl game, right? And anything short of that, ten and two, okay, but heck is, no, but, we're going to the same bowl game. But is that your focus in the off season and and all the training you do and all of practice and and right. and the whole year is our goal is to go eleven and one so we can go to a better bowl game? No, it's, I know it's ridiculous. It's, it's empty. It's empty, right? It's way empty. Very, the only, so empty. The only thing to go for if you're independent is the national championship. That's yeah. it. Yeah, prayer for an undefeated season. And and and, and you and you have to and you have to own that. And and BYU you own it. BYU at every level. If you really talk to people behind closed doors and go, okay, what are we? What are we here for? What are we doing? Because you know what? It, well, we're here at ESPN so we can make more money for the program. That's that's the decision to go independent. Yeah. There's nothing. That, yeah. That, okay. Well, and then what? What do you guys and, get from uh, this? Well, right. You, yeah. They keep going. They're going to end up like an Ivy League school in Harvard, and they right. won't even, you know they'll go out and get pumped by the academies, Air Force, Navy, and Army. But but the but the right? Ivy League schools have a league. They have a league. Yeah, they, they have a they, conference. They're playing right. for something. And they, and they all are about the same level of competition. And you know oh, what? It's, it's it's awesome for them. They love it. They love that they have yeah. their conference. They love that it's all part of the – for them, it's all part of the college experience. It's hey, probably, there's another part of this that you just another, – another piece of the puzzle, and that is players are driven like by championships and individual recognition. Right, I mean, they right. want to be all American. They want to win the Heisman. They want to win the Outland. I was want to win the Butkus. I was the. And you are not going to do that in an independent. No, you name an independent either outside of Notre Dame where they get one national award. Nada. And not only national award, Nada. but it's a conf- it's a conference award. The conference awards, right? He's, all conference. All, all black defensive a, player of the year. He was all Pac twelve. All Pac twelve. Pac twelve defensive player of the year. Right. There's none of that. That's, there's none of that. They make up these weird independent awards that mean nothing to anybody. You know, you lose all those things, which hurts what? Recruiting. So It hurts recruiting. Big time. So you, I was driven to win the Outland Trophy. I was driven. When I was leaving Rick's College, the day I knew I went to, from quarterback to D-line, I went and found out what the greatest award was for linemen. And I knew it was the Outland Trophy. And I remember reading the article about Dave Remington winning it twice a year in the, or twice in a row at Nebraska, and I'm like, that is me. I won in the Outland Trophy. And, man, if BYU wouldn't have been able to do that for me, I wouldn't have went there, right? But I, I knew I was, I was going to win the Outland Trophy, and I was going to go to one of the greatest teams in the United States at the time. And it was a conference, and all those things added up. Well, firing Kalani won't fix the problem. No, and it won't the, fix the total it, problem. It's not. It's I mean, can you get that on. super awesome, you know, once in a lifetime coach that could make it better? Yeah, I think it could make it better, but it's never going to fix the the problem. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. this this round of rivals is over. Sorry for your team, Jace. No, man, I, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart because they're right now. Billy is not as good as Boise State, not as good as Utah State or San Diego State. So those are three really rough games. BYU's got to find a way to win. 
to save their season right now. They're they're, they're in tough shape going in, so it's it, it hurts, buddy. It breaks the alumni's heart. Yeah, but. All right, uh, we're powered by kslsports.com. You can find us on Facebook at The Rivals Podcast, Twitter at The Rivals Show. And until then, well, we'll see you then.